1: And what's going on, Badger Nation? It is Michael Erickson-Fachine. I hope everyone out there is having a fantastic day. I'm in a fantastic mood because I'm hanging out with
2: my buddy. Hey, guys. It's Steven. What's up, Badgers? Is there like a mating Badger call that you can do, Michael? <laughs> I'm throwing you off I here. Could, you weren't seeing, I, could, you the I
1: could, but uh, my apartment complex asked me to no longer do it. Uh, because we get sworn. <laughs> Cop out. <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome to the show, everyone, the PBC Den. Uh, I am your host, Michael Erickson Fasheen. And we are an Amazon advertising podcast. Um, and you know what's even many say? The
2: longest running. I'm I'm convinced it's the longest running. If it's not the longest running, it's at least the most in-depth. It's the longest running. I know that, to be a fact. <laughs> and we're doing something
1: extra special. Uh, we are in the middle of a four-part series on Amazon SEO, because I know so many listeners are so Amazon PPC focused. And I know that me specifically, I'm very Amazon PPC focused. I spend 99% of my time inside Amazon advertising. The other 1% is looking at badger photos. Um,
2: (laughs) But- um, Badgers don't have time for
1: that. (laughs) Yes. What I was gonna say was uh, I wanted to do a series that builds up a lot of these SEO foundations. And then that's episode one, two, and three of our series. Listen to the episode last week and the week before. And then we're going to tie it all together in a fourth part, which is coming up next week, which is about Amazon PPC and Amazon SEO crossover techniques. You know, how these things can blend together, how you as an Amazon PPC marketer can work with an SEO person that maybe your client's working with, or maybe if you are in charge of doing both the PPC and SEO, maybe give you some new tasks to do to maximize all of that. And I'm joined for all four of these episodes by Stephen, from My Amazon Guy, who I believe, I think you mentioned, you have 45,000 clients. Um, I think you mentioned yesterday. Oh, I,
2: I wish (laughs) that'd be a good problem to have. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, let's, let's say 45,000 fans. That's probably more accurate. Yes. Um, but. (laughs) I know you have, you have
1: over 150 Amazon clients. You help people almost in every nook and cranny of their Amazon experience, everything from the administrative side of Amazon to the SEO side of Amazon. Uh, and you also, of course, have experience with PPC as well. So, uh, awesome to have you on the show, uh, you have fantastic content as well. Uh, people can check you out. Thank you. Yeah, people can check you out. My Amazon guy. Uh, really, very grateful to have you here. And as a quick recap of where we've where we went the last two episodes, as well as as well as where we're going this episode. Uh, if you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, I highly recommend that you do that. Um, we've talked about SEO on the show. Uh, a bit never this in depth never in a way where we actually talked about how to get started what does phase one look like how to set up yourself for a strong foundation then we talked about mid-game last week after you have that strong foundation how do you continue the how do you continue to build upon that and today we're going to be talking about late game um, and then next week like i mentioned we're going to be talking about the the tasks that complement each other for pvc and seo now let's just jump right into it, Stephen. One thing I hear from almost everybody, and it is that hey, they set up their you know product pages, their they, you know they set, they set up the foundation, and then they haven't thought about SEO maybe for six months at this point. Um, so let's dispel, let's address this right away. Is SEO on Amazon? Set it and
2: forget it. Absolutely not. And here's my favorite way to impact this it would be the equivalent of somebody hiring Ad Badger to set up some advertising campaigns one time and never once optimizing them. Mm-hmm. That is the equivalent we're talking about. If you set your SEO and you haven't gone back and edited it further, you are missing out on massive opportunities. And, and these are opportunities you don't have to pay for. mind you this is earned media. So so SEO is something that a lot of people ignore. I, I, I log into accounts all day long and I'll see blank search term fields. I'll see, I'll see all the basics that we talked about in episode one where they've got commas and mis- and, and they don't have um, um, you know misspellings or Spanish and they've got instead they've got repeated words. There's a lot of things you got to get right in SEO. And so um, even if you only listen to this podcast, and you take one or two actions today to improve your SEO, and we'll try and give you some hacks today. So you can take five minutes of uh, a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. um, You're going to see your traffic go up. I mean, that's that's ultimately why we talk about SEO is because at the end of the day, you want to grow your traffic. If you grow your traffic, you're going to improve your sales. Bottom line. Now a lot of people get uh, focused in on conversion rates, right? They they say, "Oh, I just need to improve my design, my aesthetics. Uh, I'll improve the image, and all of that is important." But what people fail to realize is that it's like ten times easier to double your traffic rate than it is to double your conversion rate. Mm-hmm. And SEO is fundamental to that success.
1: So you know, continuing to do SEO type work, and we're going to talk about some of these like ongoing tasks uh, today and in our next episode next week. Um, it's, it's really, so after someone sets up a strong foundation and they do some of the things that we talked about last week, then it comes time for, you know, almost like we're hitting walls of frustration. Maybe they're not continuously thinking about SEO. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe they just haven't hit their potential. Uh, you know, maybe they, you know, aren't, you know, when they look at their keywords, maybe they have such a tiny percentage of them in, you know, ranks one through five, one through 10, one through 20. Um, you know, how, you know, how do people sort of realize if they're sort of missing out on so much potential? Like what does actually
2: the promised land look like, so to speak, with SEO? It's, it's all about measurability, right? So like, if you think about it, mm-hmm. uh, let's let's just say, man off the street CEO. So we're talking a random average CEO of an Amazon business. Mm -hmm. The way that they look at SEO is they type in any term of their choosing into Amazon and they ask the question, why am I not at the top of page one? Right. And there might be two or three keywords that they hyper focus on and then they ignore everything else. And they're just like, Mr. SEO guy in the organization, why are we not at the top of page one for my important term? This is what I want. Mm -hmm. And the SEO guy might've been looking at the the data and saying, well, that term is like 150 monthly search bomb, it's inconsequential. Nobody searches this. Nobody looks at search the same way you do, Mr. CEO. That conversation is a lost battle. It's impossible to win that conversation unless you bring some measurability to this. And so you need, you need to be tracking your keywords, bottom line. Mm-hmm. If, if you run through phase one of SEO and get the best practices in place and you set it and forget it, you don't need to measure. But if you wanna take it to the next level and run through multiple phases and ongoing process of improving your, your keyword organic rankings over time, you need to measure what you did. And the best way to measure that is to use a tool. Um, I'm inclined to use Helium 10, but there's many other tools out there that also track keywords from AMZ Scout, Jungle Scout, and many, many others. Um, but but you, can, you can target up to 2000 keywords on a standard plan account with a tool and, and these are tools that I used to pay like $3,000, $5,000 for to track my own keywords when I did SEO work on websites. And, and so when I went to Atmix.com and increased their SEO traffic by 10 million uniques, the way I did it was I looked at their portfolio of keywords. And I said, you didn't target price terms. You are not ranking for price terms. And all of your competition is getting millions of traffic that you are not even ranking for. I went out and built 2,000 pages of content, and we immediately started ranking for price terms and started beating the competition. And, and anybody today can go into SEMrush or any website SEO tool and type in apmex mix.com and you can literally see my higher data. It is that obvious because 10 million uniques, year-over-year increase. So it's the same concept with, at, with Amazon. You use a tool to see what the portfolio of keywords is. Your competition is beating you in some segments of the portfolio that you're not paying attention to, and you may not even know what that portfolio looks like. So you got to look at what you're currently ranking for against which competitors rank for, and then go down that list and say, hey, I need to rank better for this. So so the theme of today's podcast is all about strike zone keywords. These are keywords that are in ranks 20 through 50 today, and you want to get them to top of page one. So most of the strategies we talk about today are going to be hyper focused in on how to move the needle from keywords you're already indexed for, right? So like phase one and two is all about indexing and incremental indexing. And today it's all about matriculation of keyword rankings to the top of Amazon. Mm -hmm. And I want to touch on, um, you know, the the concept of
1: uh, like long tail keywords, because one thing I often see uh, people talk about is they'll be very focused on like the very obvious and overt sit like three keywords, like or one you know, one small pack of keywords. And I think where we're going in this conversation is that you can cast a wide net and potentially rank in a strong position, you know, one to five for hundreds of keywords, uh, keywords that, you know, if you were just to sit down and think of them, like if you're the CEO and you're just searching for things that you think are obvious and you're not using some kind of, uh, you know, larger uh uh, standard of which you can rank well for hundreds of keywords, not just the very obvious and overt ones, um, but isn 't that where the magic happens when you're you 're looking at all of these longer tail keywords you know keywords that maybe individually are lower search, but when you have hundreds of them and you 're ranking in strong positions for all of them, that easily
2: you know surpasses uh, you know the the one to three maybe obvious and overt ones. So I was looking at some research in the lighting industry um, in the last day. So take like a, a sconce, for example. Now, half, I've already lost half the audience. They're so like, what's a sconce? Well, a sconce is a wall light, any light that can be on the wall. So I like this example because I've already won the conversation that there's multiple ways to describe the same product. So. There are thousands of ways to describe the same product when you think about it, right? And and I'm not just talking like color material type variations, right? And I'm not talking just small, medium, large, right? I want a small sconce. I want a big sconce. I want a bronze sconce. I want a matte black sconce, whatever. Right. Like those are also very vari- variables that you could try and index for, but there's there's a lot of different phrasing and and and, and, and like you could you could literally go and Google Spanish versions of your word too, right? So uh, I'm typing into Google right now, Spanish word for Scots, just to see what comes up, because I don't know the answer to this. And it's candelabra de pered. And I don't speak Spanish, so forgive me, Spanish listeners, if I butchered that. But, uh, you know, that's that's a very different way to look at it. When you when you consider that there are so many different variables of a keyword, so and on my on my screen, I know you guys can't. I'm going to walk you through this verbally. I'm just I just picked a random sconce on Amazon, and I'm looking at the word frequency. And so, like light, bathroom, vanity, sconce, wall, black lights, fixture, bronze lighting. Like these are all the word frequency that show up on this particular random sconce that I'm looking at, and and that word frequency. Is indication of how often that word shows up in the in the list of, of, of keywords. Now, what that that word frequency chart doesn't do is it doesn't show you the variable um, down to the long tail. Right. So, vanity lights, antique bronze. Right. That's a word that has 400 monthly search volume, and it's a it's a it's a long tail keyword, four words long. Bathroom sconce three light. Again, 442 search volume. Now, when you add all these up, right? And, and let's say your intended goal is to rank for 2000 keywords. You're at 1200 today and you wanna rank at 2000. So if you add all of those variables up, make sure your copy has those keywords present, massage the title and the bullets. And when we talk about the strike zone today, we are going to throw the rules out of phase one and two completely, right? You've already indexed for words, so you no longer apply the principles of, of indexing, and now you're all about matriculation. And matriculation is all about moving from rank 20 from 50 up to slot 1 through 10. And to do that, you're going to rehyperfocus your search term field. You're going to refocus your title, your bullet points, and your A-plus contents, including the alt text of your photos in A-plus content. And there's your big hack today. Make sure that you put your strike zone keywords into the alt text of your A-plus content. This is the easiest thing you could do today and is often the number one most missed step in SEO is considering that alt text on A-plus content is 100 characters of SEO on each individual photo. I always get comments about this. Yes, Amazon claims they do not index A-plus content. But I'm telling you, don't take my word for it. Go test it go pick any spanish word that you've never put on your listing in any shape or form and put it into the alt text of a photo and i will bet you within 14 days you will index for it in the top 300 search results for that term
1: yes uh you know optimizing that that content that a plus content we did talk about in phase 2 as well so as we sort of you know understand this that we that we can in fact rank for more keywords than we initially thought of, and we should be thinking about rank tracking. And um, one thing about rank tracking tools, <clears throat> and I have to <clears throat> cough,
2: <clears throat> Ad Badger <clears throat> will have <clears throat> there's, there's the maiden call. rank tracking <clears throat> in 2021. <clears throat> Sorry. So phase one, run for 30 days. Phase two, run that for one to three months. Mm-hmm. And then phase three, run it every 90 days consistently.
1: So, it's it's almost like if we can if we were to name this cycle we're almost like cycling keywords so as we set up our products we have our initial set of keywords that we're going to be going after and we optimize uh, the back-end keywords the title all the obvious places those keywords are there as we begin to rank for those we optimize. And of course, all the other things that you mentioned, too, with misspellings and optimizing uh, the A-plus content and having good copy in there, all of those good things, we then start to say, okay, we are ranking for them now. Now let me go and take a look at things that I'm ranking in the strike zone, which were
2: about positions like 20 to 50, did you say, give or take? Correct. Yeah. So these are words that if you focused on could easily move from the strike zone up into actually producing, mm-hmm. right? So if you're in slot 50 for a word right now, you might produce one sell every other month on that term, mm-hmm. regardless of the search volume. I'm just making status yeah. up, right? But if, but if you move up into slot one through 10, the percentage of clicks that you're going to get goes up exponentially, right? So like it's, it's a giant hockey stick. So, um, User intent goes up the longer somebody looks into the search pages. Right, they're looking deeper and deeper into um, their their intended search term. So conversion rates are going to go up, but the number of users that do that is highly diminished, diminishing returns, if you will. So a consumer who just generally wants, I just you know, I just happened to be fiddling with a bottle opener. So we'll talk about bottle openers, right? I drink some Mexican Coke. Terrible habit. Don't recommend it. But <laughs> I will say corn syrup is not as good as sugar cane. So that's why I drink Mexican Coke. So this, this bottle opener, which I fidget with on occasion as I try and think, it, uh, it there, there's an opportunity that if, if I'm a regular layman, I just want a bottle opener and whatever comes up at the top of Amazon, I'm gonna go buy it. Now, that's the typical user. Then there's the power user like me. I'm drinking two or three bottled Mexican Cokes a day And I need a a bottle opener that I know is going to last repeatedly being used. Like I need the barmaid's version of of a bottle opener. So I'm going to be searching higher intent for a higher quality bottle opener. And and man, I will tell you, my number one frustration with bottle openers is they, they start peeling, right? Like the metal bends. They can't stand up to the repeated use. And then shrapnel will show up in my drink. That's not cool. I don't like shrapnel in my drink. So I'm going to be highly invested in finding a high quality uh, bottle opener. I will go lower on the search. I am the isolated 1% on that search term. So if you sell a bottle opener and you don't have the top of search for any particular bottle opener term, you will not get organic sales. End of story. And I would also say if you're out there and you do have shrapnel in your drinks, probably see a doctor. (laughs) <laughs> or, or get an X-ray, or, or find find a way to get the metal out of your bloodstream. That's for sure. So that makes you know
1: total obvious sense. You know the the proportion of people that are going to be searching and clicking on the first ten things are going to be far more than the person who's going to be scrolling down and clicking on uh, the item that's in position forty-seven. Um, makes total sense. So what, so what we're saying is. Periodically, like every 90 days, evaluating what's in the strike zone, evaluating those keywords, and then re-optimizing the same areas that we optimized in phase one, phase two that we talked about in previous weeks. And we're going to be putting those new keywords in the same places, back-end keywords, A-plus content, uh, and then what will happen is those initial terms that we were ranking for will hold, and then we'll begin ranking for new terms. Uh, tell me,
2: that's correct. So tell me about, that sounded pretty simple. <laughs> this is like where the fear in SEO starts yes, to I'm, happen. I'm right? afraid of so fear. Mm-hmm. The, you're afraid to remove the keyword that you're already doing well on from your search terms field. You're afraid to remove it from your title. You're afraid to I'm move like, it from your bold. I'm in a prison of fear, Stephen. A plus constant. And so you gotta, you gotta be the honey badger on mm-hmm. this one, right? Like you gotta, you gotta be like, look, test. First of all, don't take anything I've said in the series on SEO verbatim. I know I'm right, but you don't know I'm right. So go test it. And go test the exact opposite of what I'm saying too, and judge the results. They will be blatantly obvious as far as I'm concerned. So if you have a term that is 5,000 in search volume, which would be an amazingly top-notch term for a typical niche, and you can get from slot 50 to slot 19 you're gonna be generating, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight orders a month. Now you get that slot 19 to slot 10, and all of a sudden you're generating a hundred orders a month, right? Like it's exponential to to move the needle up there. So so to actually do this, to to roll up your sleeves and actually make the keyword change in the ranking, you need to have exact match for that term in as many locations as possible. So when you run phase three and you are, very much keyword stuffing uh, against all of the indexing best practices we've previously covered. And you're trying to make sure that that term is in every location. And you also want to make sure you're running a little bit of PPC. We'll talk more about that in our fourth and final episode, how PPC and SEO relate. But you know, just to briefly mention, if, if you're running phase three strike zone, you better be running some advertising on this keyword as well.
1: And how many terms In this phase, as we go and take a look, and let's say there are, you know, maybe there's 100 terms that I'm ranking in positions 20 to 50. Uh, You know, how do I chip away at those? And and sort of using the same prioritization that we talked about in starting best practices of sort of prioritizing keywords in terms of the competition for that keyword and the commercial viability of those keywords, uh, things of that nature. Is that how I'm thinking about like this list of maybe... 300
2: terms that I'm ranking in positions 20 to 50? So when you... This this is a great question. So let's unpack this, right? So in phase one, when you're trying to index, my goal is to maximize hundreds to a couple of thousands of keywords. And so let's say, you know, I'm just going to put some numbers out. Let's say that to pass phase one, you need to reach 800 keywords. And once you've indexed for 800 keywords, regardless of what your ranking is, you're just showing up in the top 300 ranks for those terms 800 you pass phase one so if we look at phase two and say hey i want to index for 1200 keywords then you've passed phase two but you're not ready to start phase three until you have at least 50 words in slots 20 through 50. if you don't have at least 50 words in slots 20 through 50 do not start phase three you did not pass phase two in phase three you could have hundreds of keywords between ranks 20 through 50. So what you should do is use a tool to filter the list of your current rankings, and you can type in I want organic rank 20 through 50. And then in there, you could filter the list for the words that make the most sense to you. Now, the way I usually start this exercise is to look for highest volume, but terms like Cool bottle openers for men. This is a real world example. I literally just looked up uh, an ad for a bottle opener, looked at the top of the, the report here, and that term has 110 search volume. Cool bottle openers for men. So if I want to rank for that, chances are I probably haven't even put the word cool on my listing yet. And I'm indexing for it because somebody probably put in the term cool bottle openers for men at some point and bought my product. That's why I'm indexing for it. I probably initially indexed for bottle openers, maybe I indexed for bottle openers for men, and then somebody put in the adjective cool and ended up buying my product. Maybe it showed up on an advertising broad match that allowed me to index initially. So now, when I go through my strike zone, I am going to be hyper-efficient and hyper-focused to choose select keywords I wanna move up to the top of SERPs, top of the search engine results pages. That's what SERP stands for, anybody's curious. There's no right or wrong answer onto how many keywords you're focused on, but let's just make it easy and say, you wanna focus on five. So if I knew that cool bottle openers for men was one of my top five focuses, I probably want it in my title, my bullets, my A plus content and, and, and iterate on it. And then make sure I've also got the Spanish translation for cool bottle openers for men in my alt text, because I don't wanna put Spanish on my front face and copy. Right, I don't wanna um, alienate the 90% of the country that's looking up in English, but there's an extremely high growth potential for Spanish right now in the States that people do not understand. There's a big wave for purchases in Spanish right now.
1: It's, it, yeah, it's almost like the, the Bing of uh, Amazon SEO in the sense of people, You know, about 10% of the US population is searching on Bing right now, not Google uh, in the same way that you know there's
2: god this- rest their souls
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, i know a lot of but, i know a lot of duckduckgo people uh, I, I i'm a fan of duckduckgo um, my one my one thing about duckduckgo i don't like is that because about 17 times a day i'm sending out one of my youtube videos to clients via email the duckduckgo search engine doesn't put my youtube videos in the the main search and so then i have to click an extra button and click on videos <laughs> so I, I I went, I did the 30 day plunge. I switched to DuckDuckGo for 30 days. I think it's a better search engine in all ways, except it doesn't like Google. So it deprioritizes YouTube videos. Um,
1: so back to uh, this sort of rotational component of late game SEO. And for, I have to imagine that if someone hasn't done this before, and I have to imagine, cause you know, it sounds like you've talks to people that are a little hesitant to do this you know they're already ranking for uh bottle opener uh and they want to start
2: ranking for uh you know durable as a as a crazy example i'll 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 read i'll read off a couple of examples these are real by the way satan bottle opener Coors light tapper handle bartender opener bottle right these are words that nobody in their dogs is paying attention to i'm telling you bottle opener yeah, that one has uh, 86 monthly search volume. There are 86 Satanists out there looking for a bottle opener. <laughs> I'm a Christian man, by the way. Uh, but uh, the point, and and I probably that's probably where I would have draw a line. I probably wouldn't put that one in my copy if it was my list. Yeah, I right, probably right. draw the line right there. I don't want to offend the big man upstairs. Another one. Say again. Uh, let's pick another one. Yeah, yeah. So let's go with bartender open opener bottle, okay. uh, bottle opener, right? And so, like, here's a higher quality search term. And this one is uh, much lower. Only 21 people are looking for this particular term, but it doesn't, um, it doesn't, uh, if you hyper focus on even low niche terms, there's probably a list of, like, if, if I were to resort my list and just put bartender in there comes up you know, 150 related keywords that have bartender in them. And so that could be my portfolio of bartender words. So I, w- I could focus on the bartending um, phraseology as my phase three focus of the flavor of the month, if you will, right? So we could go through the list and redo everything focused on bartenders. Maybe even I update a few images for bartenders because I'm gonna pick up the traffic and then I wanna convert them too, which brings me to a good point. If you index for something, that you can't convert on, you will never be at the top of search page. Never ever will be at the top. I have the number one organic rank for wine glass under one of my wine glasses. But if I didn't convert for that term, I would lose that rank overnight. Right. As we sort of look at
1: that bartender theme, and, and this sounds like something that could be completely realistic too. You know, you we are building a we have a bottle opener, we start selling it. And then all of a sudden we notice that there's a lot of searches for bartender related terms with bottle openers. So as we go through this rotational practice, where we start inserting the bartender terms, where in all the places that we
2: talked about, what would the person start to notice first that they're on the right track? If you start running through phase three and you've made the the updates that we started to talk about, right? So You didn't have the word bartender in your title for your bottle opener. You've made that change. And you go back and look at the keyword rankings. Now, the nice thing about the technology is that you get like by the hour, by the day tracking now, which is incredible, right? So if you were tracking your keywords in real time after you make that change, you could see, let's say you made the change on Monday. By Tuesday or Wednesday, you could start to see movement. But at least within 7 to 14 days, you should absolutely see your keyword ranking go up. If you do, you made you made a good change. If the ranking goes down, that happens sometimes, but it might be temporary and it might just go right back up. Uh, so don't be scared if that happens, give it a, give it a solid 30 day run rate. Um, but uh, uh, if you see the directional portfolio move up, you've done the right thing, right? So like if you were to measure the portfolio, let's say we pick a hundred bartending keywords And then we saw that we moved the ranks up by 33% on average over the course of 30 days. I would say, check, that was a win. Really good job on phase three. And then you could say, okay, did I get enough ranking juice off of what I was looking to do? Did I get to the top of page one on enough keywords? If so, if yes, go to the next portfolio of keywords and rinse and repeat phase three. If not, you could choose wait longer. Maybe you need to run a little bit more PPC. Maybe you need to change your copy even further. Mm-hmm. From an SEO perspective, you know because
1: we're inserting the bartender terms, other things need to come out. Uh, probably things that we're already ranking for. Correct and in this hyper-competitive world of Amazon, I have to imagine that there's other people out there trying to rank for the terms that I just removed. So, how much attention are we paying to you know the existing things, the things that we're already ranking for well, you know, top ten, uh, whatever, the things that we're already ranking for well? How do you think about that as you continue to progress? Uh, meaning, are we going to start ranking for bartender terms and then? If we slip on those original terms, we can insert those back and we'll be able to sort of move back there. Th- tell me about how that cycle works of the terms we're taking out in place of the bartender terms
2: for example so there's probably two conversations here the, f- the first part I would say there's probably words that are fluff that shouldn't be in your copy anyway and they are super safe to remove mm-hmm. as one great example um, in the beauty space there's a there was a big push for paraben free products. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what paraben is, to be totally honest. I have no concept of what that means. But I do know that I've seen it on every freaking listing and I'm completely numb to it. So is the consumer. Nobody is searching paraben-free anything. I guarantee it. So remove that from your title. Nobody cares. Now, regardless of if you, whether you agree with my statement here, go look at the data. Now, if paraben-free has 50,000 people searching for it, obviously I'm wrong, right? Like the data is king on this question. But but the second part of the conversation is, if you're ranking on something that already has high velocity and is converting well for you, it is completely safe to remove it and potentially temporary remove, you might put it back in at a later point, but it is completely safe to, to adjust the copy. Now, there are certain things in your title that you're like, I'm never removing that from my title. Like, so we go back to bottle opener, obviously I'm never removing the phrase bottle opener from my title, that's the product, right? But there's uh, our tendency to write 200 characters on a title, there's at least 100 characters in the title that you could completely chop off and remove and people would still buy your product. If that's a true statement, that's 100 characters, you can switch to another keyword, easy. So uh, when you put in the bartending phrase, maybe you're removing uh, some of those alternatives. Um, and kind of another fun rabbit hole to go down. When you're doing this research, you're going to see product opportunities, right? So like we haven't spent any time talking about product research in our series, but really product research and keyword research really do go hand in hand, right? So as one example, when I was looking at my screen here at uh, this particular random bottle opener, I saw a keyword for perfect opener, 100 search volume for this. And I was like, I, I don't know if people have a cat fetish. I didn't know what it was. So I, I type it in. Perfect opener goes to a medicine opener um, in the shape of a cat that hangs on your wall for old people who can put their pill bottle, their bottle, uh, their whatever, and open things up that are usually hard to open. Well, I didn't know that was a product, but that sounds like a unicorn to me. And maybe I should be building out uh, a competitor product for this new avenue. So maybe I initially was selling. Um, high-quality bottle openers that people might use at a bar. And then all of a sudden, I create an entire line of bottle opening mechanisms, and I'm, I'm, and I'm focused on a larger demographic. So this is where keyword research can really enter into the product research field. And if somebody who is going to buy the perfect opener uh, for your pill bottles, chances are they probably would buy a regular bottle opener, too. So while I wouldn't put the term perfect into my title, I wouldn't put it into my bullets and I probably wouldn't even put it into my catalog, detail page, A plus content anywhere. This is a term I might toy with as long as it wasn't a trademark term, I would probably put it into my alt text of one photo and rotate it in just to see if I can index or improve my ranking there. So, you know, one, one dot I wanna connect is
1: as we, enter in these contextual words into our pages, that triggers the contextual search-based, you know, is the product relevant for that term, uh, engine. And then as we start ranking and converting for that, we get some stickiness for the, you know, the conversion factors of SEO. It's like, hey, Amazon put us here. We started converting for it. Now I have some stickiness on that particular keyword in that particular position because I'm converting well for it that means that stickiness will stay and I can rotate in additional keywords to test to boost the contextual relevancy factors and then I'll start converting for it and then I'll have conversion factors and you can continue working these levers uh, it sounds like in perpetuity on an ongoing basis uh, is that,
2: a, that, is that an accurate that's correction yeah that's a hundred percent accurate and so one of the things I may not have impacted well enough in this series, but the reason why I, I run multiple phases of SEO is because each phase has its own goal. Yeah, There's no reason to focus on converting for a keyword if you don't index for it. Nobody's finding you on that keyword. So that's why you have to first focus on indexing. If you index for a keyword, but you can't convert on it, you're not going to get to the top of page one, which is why we're talking about like matriculating that keyword as a focal point. So it, it is important to run through the, the, the phases in order of operation. If you want to be the best at something uh, from start to finish, you need to uh, consider what your strategy is and what your goal is. So if the goal is to get as much traffic as possible, you don't want to be on page one for 5 keywords. You want to be on page one for 1,000 keywords, mm-hmm. 2,000 keywords more. So to do that, you need to index. If you don't have a lot of copy on your listing, maybe you built your A-plus content out with straight images because you gave it to a designer overseas and that's what they're good at. They make nice crisp images and they put all of your text into the image instead of hard-coded copy that used, can be found by a search engine robot, then you need to rework it. And you need to rework it with the copy that has the keywords that you want to rank for and index for and then matriculate to the top of page one. So the reason why lots and lots of copy is beneficial is because it increases your chances for ranking and indexing for hundreds, if not a couple thousand of keywords that you otherwise would not have if you didn't run the playbook correctly. Boom. And
1: I think we've completed our third in the series. Uh, this this whole concept of uh, indexing, cycling in, cycling out terms, uh, the way to look at, searches and and different keywords. I love it. Uh, I think we've given our, our podcast uh, a lot more ammunition in terms of our SEO series. Um, I love that. So we've covered a lot. And, you know, this late game, uh, and as we were prepping a few weeks ago of what episode in the series was going to hold, um, you know, amplifying the strike zone keywords, these keywords that you're you know, lower position for 20 to 50 and amplifying those, rotating those to the top, I love it. Uh, I think it's a perfect sort of progression of what we've been talking about here. Um, and I'm super excited for next week's too, where we talk about the PPC and SEO crossover.
2: And we've sort of alluded to it a little bit in this episode. Um, yeah, Each phase leads into the next. So onward to PPC, here we come. Um, Ad Badger Nation, this you know it's it's great to be a participant with you on your journey as you try and increase your Amazon sales. Um, SEO is definitely something you guys need to pay attention to, and and I think if you stuck with this through through phase three here, you agree by now. So go out there and now do it. Here's the here's the cheerleading comment. Go and make some changes today. Yes, there you go. Well, Stephen from My Amazon Guy, uh, thank you so much for
1: coming on the show, and we will see you next week for the dramatic conclusion of our.
2: SEO series? I hear Michael's going to do the mating call next time.
1: There you go. (laughs) Have a (laughs) good one, everybody.